0: I can accept noise thing because my brother's alive, type of thing, and he sort of was able to see clearly. Because I can it see sort of.
1: Now with friends alive.
0: It's... Hey-o, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners a full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Voice Fire series, starting with the Game of Thrones. I'm Zach, and with me is the other host, dude Nate, my brother guy. Yeah, that's me, I guess. And we are roughly a week away. Yeah, we're like a from week. season eight. And I'm peeing my pants. Wait, no, that's uh when this episode comes out by the time this episode it airs it will have been yesterday it will have been yesterday that the first so episode like, of season like what's eight. up future people are your minds fucking blown cuz i'm you sure blown. i'm crying in a corner somewhere
1: yeah so when we when you're here in this episode season 8 will have aired at least episode 1 we'll have an episode for that covering that the following thursday after the episode airs so be excited for that. It's going to be sick. Yeah. We're going to be in, we're going to be messes probably. Hopefully. Hopefully it's everything we're
0: expecting it to be. I'm prepared to be a mess. It's going to be wonderful. They've just been cutting together some nice little promos and teasers and just little bits to wet the whistle and it's, it's doing the job. It is doing the job. Even Barrick is getting upset about it. Yeah. Barrick can't handle it. He's, He's been ready. rewatching the season with me and. He's been enjoying it, because anytime like Ramsey's on the screen with his dogs, he likes to <laughs> like turn his head and will run up to the screen and try to check him out. Gets excited. But no, he's not a Ramsey dog. He's a good dire wolf. He's a good dire wolf. Anyway, if you joined us last time, who were we talking cat about Cat 4 last was time last episode. Nat, cat, Nat, Nat 4. No, Cat 4. Cat 4. Oh, indeed. That would be Catelyn, and she was on a boat. On a boat. I'm on a boat. Damn it. Anyway. She was on a boat. Oh, yeah, she took a king's landing. And then she took a cat nap. And then she, yep, ended up taking her cat nap while Sir Roger went out and tried to hunt for some people to assist them. And then she was summoned by Littlefinger, and her Littlefinger and Varys had a little pow-wow, and Varys was creepy. And that was where we left Cap. I like Varys so much. I'm so happy for him in the future. He's moist. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) But, I mean... But today we are picking up with someone our last chapter despises, a John 3. And excitedly enough, John has arrived at the wall. Actually, he's arrived at the wall quite a few, like a couple weeks at this point uh, yeah, earlier. At this but point, he's been there a few, it's a few weeks. Uh, we at pick least. up with John, and the courtyard is ringing to the sound of swords. Tink! To the clink, song of swords. To tink! Oh, song, that's right. Yeah. That's tink! Cool. Clank! I can still do it now You're a terrible songwriter though And uh, through some very great dialogue and exposition We learned that John is sparring here He's sparring with Gren And John is much the superior swordsman Even it, though Gren is way bigger e- Yeah Gren is an easily <laughs> an aurochs Yeah that's a, an odd description But not a word you see every day but John is easily protecting his moves and easily just batting his attacks aside. And then eventually, John knocks the sword from his grasp. And that's when Sir Alistair. And I always, I swear to God, thought it was Sir Alistair. I always thought there was a T in there, There's but Alistair. S- Sir Alistair uh, calls enough and. It said that he had an edge like Valyrian steel, very sharp, and I liked. I just like that description. George has such good descriptions. Yeah, so John had whacked Gren's uh, wrist pretty fucking hard. Yeah, yeah, he got him good on and the so... hand to get him to drop the sword, and yeah, Gren's pretty pissed about this, holding his hand. You broke my wrist, bastard. Uh, that's a horrible Gren. Poor Gren, I'm sorry, but... Uh, well, he's a pretty slow dude, and that was pretty pretty <laughs> dumb-sounding. So, good good job. That's when Sir Alistair cuts in and says, The bastard hum- hamstrung you, opened your empty skull, and cut off your hand. Or would have if these blades had an edge. Uh, yeah, basically, even Sir Alistair, even though he learned, doesn't like Jon Snow, he's able to acknowledge that, yeah, Jon just fucking danced circles around you, you dumbass. If this was an actual fight, you would be done. So he... Uh, Sir Alistair gestures at Jaren and Toad, Toader and Sir Totter, Totter, but Toad, to get Grant on his feet. And John takes a minute and kind of leans on his sword and is chilling and letting the cold air. And Thorn's
1: like, nah Brush no, no, on his no, no, face. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: no, he says, which, yeah. John's allowing himself a moment to savor his, his victory here. And that's when, yeah, Sir Alistair's not having it. He said, that is a long sword, not an old man's cane. And he asks him, Do your legs hurt, Lord Snow? And that's when we learn that John hates this nickname, this Lord Snow moniker that Sir Alistair has given it to him. And he gave it to him his first day, the first day he arrived at the wall. And it really took with all the other brothers, and now John hears it just about everywhere he goes. So John, sort of abashed, she, uh, sheeds the sword, and Thorn strides at him, demanding. The truth. Uh, are your legs tired? And John admits that yeah, I'm a, I'm a little tired. And yeah. Thorne says, "What well, you are is weak."
1: Which made me laugh because all I could think is, "See, John, you already know nothing. You got nothing." But yeah,
0: no. he, he I mean, there was nothing he could do to avoid mm-mm, what was mm-mm. coming for him. And yeah, uh, Thorne says, "No, you're weak." And John says, "But I won." And Thorne says, "No, the Arach lost. Uh, you you didn't." win anything. He didn't yeah. win anything because he didn't stand a chance. And it says at this point that John knew better than to respond, but he already kind of didn't know better than to respond, so I thought that was just kind of interesting. Right. but
1: And basically, so John's beat the crap out of everybody in the yard at this point. Yeah. And he's he's upset that Thorne still gives him shit. He says, you know, he, he knows that Thorne hates him. Yeah. Hates him. He decided that. But he that, still knows yeah. that he hates everybody else more, though. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he's he is taking that, well, I'm, I'm Lord Stark, Snow, and so I deserve respect. And he's just, it's like he's got that self of entitlement, a sense of entitlement already. Yeah. Where he's he, like, no, I'm the favorite. Like, he hates me, yeah, but he, like, he hates everyone else way more than he hates me, mm-hmm. so I'm the favorite.
0: And Sir Alistair even says, if the others ever come for us, I pray that they have an archer because you lot are fit for nothing more than arrow fodder, which is... As we kind of come to learn, any like swear or curse with the others in it is actually pretty fucking severe. Like others take you is actually kind of like a pretty brutal thing to say. I think as far as like what it, if you think about what it actually means. So like him just kind of mentioning like, yeah, you you should just be slaughtered by these mythical white waters because that's all you're fu- a fucking. I good think for it's is. it's
1: honestly I don't think it's super harsh. I kind of think of it more like as a goddamn you, like having mm. god in front of it, just a goddamn you. To make it a little more
0: impactful. Yeah, I guess. But John follows the rest of the group back to the armory, and he's walking alone.
1: I'm all alone. Pretty much.
0: And there were... There's uh, no one here besides, besides me. There was 20 <laughs> in this group that he was training with, yet no one he could or wants to call a friend. So, yeah, so we get a list of a few of them right here
1: uh-huh. off the bat. So on top of... Uh, Todor who we met out there, uh, because he's getting called up. We also got Darien. He's and he mentions a, a little description for yeah, each Yeah, he gives of them. a little so, Darien is quick but afraid to get hit. And then there's Pip who uses his sword like a dagger. So, which I've always kind of pictured Pip as the kind of person that would be better off wielding a, a little short sword or a dagger Sticking anyway. Sticking the pointy end. Um, Jaren is just weak as a girl. <laughs> so, we're kind of getting a slight idea maybe of where they're going to be placed once they're selected for their, yeah, yeah, their the area at the, the wall. Between the
0: three areas at the wall, And yeah. so then
1: Gren is just slow and clumsy, which we kind of got a little bit of an idea of mm-hmm. out there. And then Halder, who, his hits, they, they hurt. He can hit hard, but... He also just walks into all the attacks, so mm-hmm. he's not exactly the most graceful, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, and it says that the more time John spends with each of them, the more he comes to despise them, which, again, is just sort of that arrogance. He's, he's looking down a, on a, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's at a better place. And he even thinks to himself that, while most of them are two to three years his elder, not one of them is, the, is half the fighter that Rob was at 14. Like, he thinks that... at rob's age of 14 rob could take all of these men which easily. is recent like rob is 14 uh, yeah definitely 15. that's like, what it's I mean. not yeah. even
1: mean and that's just the way he worded it made it seem like yeah yeah recent. yeah no
0: like rob is older but no i like rob could take these men is what john's saying easily and he's sort of he, uh not in in term of rank i think but which he's John putting himself he's putting time, himself actually. on equal with rob right. here, not in term of like name or anything but, but of a skill, skill. sword yeah. skill But so inside, John is hanging up his sword and he kind of begins to change out of his training leathers. And uh, it's hot in here, but But he's talking about the cold. He's shivering. And yeah, and he thinks that in a few years, he would forget what it's like to be warm.
1: And that's another. uh, It was mentioned, I believe, in Bran where he's going to where he's forgetting how what the warmth. Yeah, yeah, that's what
0: Bran sees, John. And I think Tyrion also
1: mentioned it uh, during his chapter that you're, you know, you're. pretty soon you'll forget what it's like to be.
0: Yeah, so John kind of grows like weary at this point. Uh, The cold is making him fumble to get his black. Cloak on, and he's just thinking about how cold it is, and remembering the warmth of Winterfell. And we get the description again, where the hot waters ran through the walls yeah. like blood through a man's body, and he thinks that there's little warmth in Castle Black. The walls were cold, and the people were colder, and so he's just feeling isolated. But especially then he's for yeah, because he mentions
1: how nobody told him this is what it's gonna be
0: like yeah he. no one one told him the truth of the wall except Tyrion Lannister Tyrion Lannister on the King's Road and and
1: he even wonders if his father knew and then he was like he most like of course he did he's he's Mm -hmm. the lord of Winterfell and that just makes him feel even worse yeah that hurts
0: that hurts worse to him and then it says that even his uncle Benjen had abandoned him up here um, and that when, when they reached the wall, Uncle Benjamin became a different person. He was first ranger and he spent his days and nights with Lord Commander Mormont and Maester Eamon and the other high officers while John was just given over to Thorne's charge and we've seen how that's going. And so it says uh that three days after their arrival, John had heard Benjamin was leading a half dozen men on a ranging into the haunted forest north of the wall.
1: Now I I just can't believe John's
0: Arrogance, arrogance here at this point
1: yeah like to just you're 14 he's you know where he is in the point so of so i chapter. like he I, this is 15, super but... easy
0: for me to picture so yeah john hears word of this and it says that night john seeks out his uncle so i could just see him he gets word of this and he immediately goes off this is my time to shine right. and and asks him take me with you i want to go on this ranging and it says Benjamin refused him curtly this isn't winterfell this is the wall and a man gets only what he earns you're no ranger only a green boy with the smell of summer still on you. And John d- does not like this at all. Yeah, yeah he gives
1: just some uh, some
0: whiny shit. Yeah, he argues like. that he's going to be 15 on and, his name and day. Then, yeah, Benjamin, and... which I really liked this.
1: A boy you are, and a boy you'll remain until Sir Alistair says you are fit to be a man of the night's watch. If you thought your stark blood would win you easy favors, you were wrong. Your father will always have a place in my heart but these are my brothers now, mm. and just shuts him down, which, again, like, I, I suppose I can see that that 15-year-old ambition, but the naivety to, like, you haven't sworn your vows. Well, that's it. And, it, and it
0: makes sense, like, Benjen, you know, we we see Benjen at Winterfell, and he's warm and cordial. He's at Winterfell. True. You know, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's not Benjen on the wall Stark. there. Yeah, exactly, he's Benjen Stark. He's not First Ranger at Winterfell. He's able to relax and sort of smile a little more. That persona doesn't care. And, and, I mean, it does. He's still Benjen, but he's got to be more serious because the Wall is a serious place, or you'll die. And so John didn't expect that. And I think it's sort of common to like it, it's rational to expect that benji's going to grow harder as they get to the wall it's right. just the men that john knows that they they accept rapers and these type of men so you have to sort of have this sort of outer demeanor that's shell of harder. yeah like i'm not afraid of you you know that type of shit so yeah he's just being very naive here and yeah so he tries again uh then the morning that they they get up to leave. yeah the morning benji's that Benjamin's leaving
1: and so he he wakes up at dawn to go and watch him and he he sees that there's um one of the rangers that are going are is singing a big old big old loud song in yeah, the morning about Yeah. And Benjamin's whatever. having a good time with it. Benjamin's finally, smiling at it. But once John approaches him again, he just shuts him down. He's like, "No." And he says this uh, what the the smile vanished from his face. Uh, like, yeah,
0: he Benjamin's smiling at the song, but when he sees John, he it says he had no smile for his nephew. And he asks him, "How many times do I have to say no?" And then shuts him down with just saying, "We'll speak when I return." But basically, you got a lot to learn, boy, about the way things work up here. And maybe I think what Benjamin's thinking is, maybe by the time I return, you'll have taken your vows and you'll understand that there's sort of a way it fucking works here. There's a there's a From rank, order, there's an order. You gotta employees. work and pay your dues and and sweep the floor for a fucking couple years before you're allowed to be trusted with arranging up I, north.
1: I think that his mission, which we'll get a little more in detail later, is a big part of that also. I feel like that's what happened mm-hmm. with Raymar Royce. He showed up as this southern lord. Who you know, not shit. a lord, but, you know, he's... A lordling. He's a lordling, lord as you exactly. would call him. And he's, you know, his father is a, a bannerman of John Aaron and so he has some pull, and so he... I want to go ranging, and we lose three capable Night's Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Because of stupid shit, and I think Benjen's also trying to press that to make sure that that doesn't happen to John, where he gets but Yeah, I think
0: he definitely of... care. He's not just being cold and callous, he's just trying to explain to him, like, that's the way the wall works, and if you fight against this, if you demand, you will die. Like, these are brutal people, like, there is no tolerance for this, I deserve this shit, like... They will send you on a ranging and you will get way more royce right in the fucking face, bro. Like yeah. So then we get this super interesting little line. So yeah, Benjamin's leading his horse to the into the tunnel, and John starts remembering all the different things Tyrion was telling him. And in the back of his in his head, he sees Benjamin lying dead, his blood red on the snow.
1: It said in his mind's eye.
0: Yes. So later in the chapter we we'll, uh, we'll find out that this is actually a wish. This is him wishing this will happen. Which I didn't take this as when I first read it, um, I took it as actually foreshadowing for John's own death. John laying in the snow with his blood. I saw that too. Um, uh-huh. I and then my next thought was like, is this just a, a sort of mental image, like being a, a almost projection of the future? Like this is sort of a flash of what maybe in store for Benjamin, like. Yeah, type I, thing. I
1: I very much think that it has double meanings here. Well, like because yeah, it's, later
0: on John says you know he's thinking about the wish he made about his uncle Benjen and it upsets him a yeah, lot. Yeah, I think so. that his
1: emotional state there made him kind of think that's what he was wishing when really he was like, oh man, this is really what could happen. But because of having those Tyrion Lannister thoughts in his head at that time that that's occurring, he also is thinking it's well him we, we do know we him.
0: do know that Tyrion is very fond of. Thinking and picturing relatives dying in different right. ways, so yeah. I like
1: that it then follows up after he he thinks and sees this and uh, to he goes to his cells to find ghost and he buries his face in his ghost. Yeah, because the
0: thought sickens him and he starts to wonder like what he's becoming. That's a. Kind I just of a, I felt like thing. he had
1: this kind of. Almost supernatural minds like vision, sort of thing, just to immediately tie that with his wolf, yeah, like, like immediately, he was immediately after, pulled back to ghosts. Yeah,
0: speaking of wolves at the door, yeah, Beric wants him. to come in and record some, but instead, if he must be alone, he would make it his armor, which is basically what Tyrion Lannister told him. Um, in I think one of their first chapters, you know. Yeah, never forget s- what you are, and and the rest of the world won't, and use it, make it your armor, and it can never. And be actually, it's going to gonna come up again because
1: he's going to say the same fucking thing here. In, yeah, in another two pages and so or whatever. He's
0: John's thinking that he had no desire to pray to any gods, old or new, even though there is sort of like a sept that they can pray at. And he yeah, thought if they were real, he thought they were cruel and implacable as winter, which is just a nice sort of visual comparison that these mm-hmm. gods are pretty brutal and not very moving. Uh, but he misses his true brothers.
1: But at you this notice point. also there, though, how if they're you know it's comparing the the gods and winter, and winter is coming.
0: Well, winter and so always coming are from... the
1: gods. Also, if they're being so readily, steadily, side by
0: side. That's a, that's a good point. I you know maybe the I the, feel like we've already seen the god's influence at this point. I don't think the god's ever truly left, I So think. it's just making me think maybe there's you know obviously there's something it's to it. It's a cycle, man. Maybe it's like it's the waxing and waning of the moon. Way
1: deeper some Sometimes uh, Rolor is like, yeah,
0: stuff. you know what? I'm going to have a really involved day and then other times he's like left leaving you know his priest unseen. It just got makes me message, wonder if not you know applying. if like the children of the forest word for winter and so the words
1: winter is coming don't actually apply towards something deeper, more powerful, and so winter is coming is actually just there's some evil, terrifying shit coming. Besides, uh, well, just like winter. I think that yeah, I like, guess that that really that's means obviously
0: winter. like yeah, with the heart of winter and shit. Obviously, winter's bringing with it terrible, awful nightmarish shit But anyway. At this point Yeah he's missing His true brothers uh, He thinks about Little bright eyed Rickon And Rob his rival And his best friend And companion And Bran Stubborn and curious And always following John and Rob around And wanting to do What they're doing Which As a younger brother I didn't really want to be involved so much as I just like to do the spy of like I'm gonna sneaky peeky and see if I can't get caught yeah yeah and so like I get it like you know you just want to be involved you want to be around yeah exactly so I totally kind of got that and then
1: he gets monologuing about uh Arya yeah he
0: he misses the girls even Sansa who only ever called him half brother since she could understand what bastard meant and Arya and then yeah it says specifically he missed Arya more than Rob. All scraped knees and tangled hair and torn clothes. So fierce and willful, Arya never seemed to fit, no more than he did. Yet she could always make John smile, and he would give anything to be with her now. So clearly, yeah, John's got a favorite, and it's yeah. Arya. But it's just—it's a nice thought, you know. I mean, again, especially with season eight coming up, that yeah, reunion—like, oh, it—it breaks my heart, but. He's sort of interrupted from this by, you broke my
1: wrist, bastard boy. Which is Gren, and he's surrounded by three of his little goonies. Yeah. Which is Toad, there, the one that we had met already, and then the two, two guys that Yorin had Yeah, that they traveled with him. And John remembers that they were some rapers, and, you know. They're, they're not good guys, but he doesn't even remember their
0: names because yeah, no. they're not even worthy of that. So John stands up and offers to <laughs> break the other one if he really wants to, like, sort of even it up on both sides. And John notes that all four of them are larger than he, but he really isn't afraid of them. Um, he had beaten them all in the yard. He kind of shamed them. So. Right. But I think that's naive. Like, that was practice. That was, you know, yeah. like, they're here and to hurt you. Like, they're here to hurt you. tighter like, corridors. Yeah, and, 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 and then they're four bigger four than on you. One. Yeah, like being brave is one thing but like overly cocky is gonna get yourself killed so john goes for a sword but his arm immediately gets grabbed and twisted behind his back and they're pissed because john made them look bad and john says you looked bad before i ever met you and gets his arm jerked a little bit more
1: and then they start talking shit about john's
0: mother yeah and they start talking mad shit about john's mother and yeah john has enough of that stomps his foot down it's uh, free from the dude behind him and he flies at Toad, knocking him back Yo, over he's the bench. savage here. Yeah, and he like grabs this... his head and is slamming his head repeatedly into the packed earth. Like, packed earth is just fucking hard dirt. Like, it hurts. That's, I mean, if you've ever played as a kid, like. It's hard dirt. Good job. I mean, like, like if you ever played as a kid and you've no, landed hurts, on, yeah. like, you know, just that packed earth, it just fucking hurts. And so, yeah, he's slamming the back of his and head it. And then he gets it.
1: thrown off, and then they proceed to just start kicking John as he's kind of dodging as best he can, blocking and defending from the yeah. ground until they get
0: stopped by the armorer, uh, Donald Noy. Donald uh, Noy. And he commands them to stop this now and says that the yard is for fighting. I will not have it in my armor. He your bullshit elsewhere, basically. Uh, toad's on the fo- floor He feels his head And his hand comes back Bloody John buck- Wrecked him and he says, he tried to kill me, and the other ones all jump in at this, I saw it, he broke yeah, my wrist, yada yada yada. And, and Noise doesn't really give a shit about Grant's wrists. Uh, he sends Grant and Toad, tells them to go get cleaned up with Maester Aemon, but, you know, otherwise... You'll be fine, yeah. get the fuck over yourself. And he sends the other twos to their cells, which are their rooms, which I think it's interesting that their rooms are I actually have that mentioned here in a little bit with Tyrion. Except for John, And so John sits on a bench, and he's oblivious to the looks that he's getting from all the other... Brothers that he just fucked up, the two, and then the two that are sent to their cells that promise retaliation. Like, John's just not paying attention to this shit. But Noy tells him the watch has need of every man it can get, even men like Toad, and so you'll earn nothing by killing him. You're not, no one's gonna thank you, no one's gonna say, yeah, you got rid of a bully. Like, no matter what you think is good about this situation, it really isn't. And John gets, uh, pissed off saying that he said my mother was a whore and yeah and he's noise just like seriously dude like words
1: whether she was a whore or whether she wasn't a whore it doesn't matter mm -hmm. it's what they say isn't going to change who or what she was so just get the fuck over it because you know what there's a bunch of the dudes up here whose mothers are whores yeah like this guy is from the the tavern from
0: here and like his mother was a whore like shut up Yeah, so so John wants to leave, and Noi says no, and then John's looking away, and Noi forces him to look at him by taking him by the chin, and uh, that's when we get a nice description of Noi that he had a chest like a keg of ale and a gut to match, and his wool tunic was fastened at the shoulder with a pin in the shape of a long sword, long sword. Yeah, and he just kind of lays some shit down for John, and then John starts thinking that he knew nothing of his mother. Ned Stark would not speak of her, but he dreamed of her often. And in his dreams, she was always highborn and beautiful, and her eyes were kind. So, is that is that, I mean, is that just... There's, like, nothing just wanting? at all there, because yeah, okay. there's no
1: mention of any kind of backstory history. Like, yeah, that's Sure, everybody wants to picture their mother as a beautiful, highborn person, but there's... Who knows, really? I mean, sure, it could hint that she's at least highborn and not some little whore, mm. but it's just... Want and desire. I so that's when Noy
0: that. really breaks it down. He goes, You think you had a hard being a highborn's bastard? And then he starts pointing to each of them. You know, this one was a Septon's son, and this one was a farmer's son. They have nothing. And they're just as fucked as you, if not more. But John does not care about them, or Noy, or Alistair, Alistair Thorne, or Benjamin Stark. He hates it here. It's awful. I'm whiny, and it's too cold. And Noi agrees, yeah, it's cold, but it's not at all like what your wet nurse's stories that you were told. And he says, well, fuck that. Like, nah, this is the way it is, and it's for life, so you need to fucking deal with that shit.
1: Right, and then John starts going, you know, well, well, at least you had a life, you know. You got to live. I came right here, which, again, first, before we get into that life, which I'm really excited to talk (laughs) about, uh, it was your. I mean, not that they were forced weren't going to try and force you there, but you you were the one that was so wanting to join the Night's Watch. Yeah, Nobody no, he, came he, John's you becoming so
0: like disillusioned here, where he had this image built up of what it would be like because Benjamin Stark has garnered so much honor that it must have been because of the the name, and so he sort of applied both worlds where. Yeah, Benjamin Stark's a hard worker and he's a badass, but the name sort of helped elevate him. So me going in and having Uncle Benjamin there with a with a high name with, to right. help me. Will just let me and, walk and all I'm, through And here. I'm a good swordsman, so, like, you know, I'll be able to just shoot right to the top, and that's not the way I'll this I'll be ships. second ranger yeah. all the fucking sudden. So we get the Donald Noy description uh, that he had only joined the Wall after he lost an arm at the Siege of Storm's End uh, during Robert's Rebellion. But before that, he had Smiths smithed for Stannis, and he saw the Seven Kingdoms, all of them feasted and fought and wenched, and they said that Noi himself had crafted King Robert's Warhammer, the one that yes. killed Rhaegar at the Trident. Yo, that's, I, I didn't know that
1: he was the one, and so that was news to me. Oh, yeah, same. And that's fucking dope.
0: That's really cool, like a little piece of backstory just to attach to the wall, and I love it, but... Only after his arm was removed from the siege. Uh, we're not really given too much. Can I just know. say that it's because of the last few chapters we've handled with, you know, Arya and Sansa
1: and Ned and everything like that. Well, I guess not Arya yet, but um, they were all there at the ford where that battle took place. Mm-hmm. To just think that this is one more person in the world that's been in that same spot.
0: And it had a and pretty like, severe. I mean, a, you, a you know, without a Warhammer, right, Robert right. wasn't going to cave in his breastplate. But and so Noy essentially says. A long, a long life or a short one, Jon Snow, it's up to you. And But the way you're going, your brothers are going to make that choice and slit your throat for you. Like So you kind of need to uh, 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 adapt your thinking a little bit. And Jon yeah. says, they hate me. They hate me because I'm better than them. Yeah,
1: and then Noy shuts him the fuck down. Yeah. Right He's he say, no, they hate you because you think you're better than they are. And he starts breaking it deep down, but he, he goes on to tell them, you're just a bastard and a bully. Mm-hmm. You know you're you're mean because and Sean's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it seems a so bully? unjust
0: to him that he's called a bully. Like he, and, can't he doesn't it.
1: comprehend it. And then noise like, well, then let me break it down for you. That kid right there, his dad's a farmer. Like he he knows how to. They've learned all their fighting in back alleys and on farms and in street fights. Playing. You had a master at arms, a sir. You know, teaching you. Combat, how to fight, proper moves and techniques. You're out there kicking the shit out of these farm mm. boys. How how sweet are your
0: victories now? Yeah, you proud, Lord Snow, and uh, John gets pretty ashamed and starts to feel guilty here. And Noy he just tells him, "You better start thinking, uh, or sleep with a dagger by your bed." And he he sends him off like, "I'm done with you. Get out of my sight." And John's pretty abashed by this. You know, he never even thought of this point of thinking before that maybe he could be acting like a bully because
1: he knows nothing
0: he knows nothing but he leaves the armory and it's around midday and he gets taken up by the wall he's gazing up at it and even now it still gives him shivers but mostly it looks pretty gray but when the sh- sun shines just right it becomes this colossal blue white cliff that fills half the sky and that's when we learn that it supposedly is the largest structure built by the hands of men uh, we learned that Benjamin had told him this. I don't know if that's true. I feel like after reading and like I really, I really should have looked it up before this episode, but I feel like after reading A World of Ice of Fire there are bigger structures in the wall. So I don't think this is the biggest thing made by Mitten's hands, but I'll have to double check that. Yeah, I feel like I've heard that as well. Or maybe like our writers the, can or our listeners could write, write in the notebook. Oh yeah. Um and yeah, when they first spotted the wall, they were all sort of taken in by it and Benjen gives him this description, and Tyrion says, "Yeah, and beyond a doubt, the most useless thing built by men." It, but even as they they start to approach the wall, Tyrion gets quiet, like it.
1: Even he's start
0: impressed. Yeah, I mean it is this colossal. So I really
1: like the way that Martin did this, where he has John. When we open on the chapter, John's like three weeks in. He's been doing some training. He's been doing some living there. He's got time to hate the wall. And then he gets out, and as John's wandering back up there, he starts reminiscing about day one, mm-hmm. and that's how we start getting these flashes of when he first arrived and the difference of how he felt, in you know regards to the wall, and you know, then he goes and gets snapped back to the current present. Well, he time. uh
0: before he he just thinks on when he first saw the wall that he thought this is where this is the end of the world the walls itself seems to say that this is where the world ends like it's just this big huge breathtaking thing but yeah John uh yeah John is terribly overwhelmed by this wall uh looking up at it it's just sometimes you can forget it's there but other times it seems like it's the only thing in the world it's oppressive and
1: yeah you could like almost feel the weight of the yeah, ice it's, so and
0: John does John starts to feel the weight and just thinks to himself that if the wall should fall yo the world falls with I it. I wrote down that that line just because, like,
1: I feel like that's heavy, heavy stuff right there. I agree. If the wall falls, the
0: world fell with it. Especially since this is the end of the world, it seems to say. To him. Now, we know Bran has been to the curtain at the end of the, or the light at the end of the world and all that fun stuff, but, yeah, no, I feel like there is a huge amount of significance to this that Jon might be onto something there where if the wall should fall in the books... Right. The the world and this might is be. you
1: know this is fairly s- recent. Just never mind. I was I was thinking about it. I was just literally talking about the time difference and I was reminiscing back to his vid- when he was talking about Benjen mm. and,
0: and foreshadowing the any kind of death there. But this is when uh, John is still taken up by the wall when Tyrion approaches and says it makes you wonder what lies beyond. And Tyrion's bundled up so thickly that he looks like a little bear. Which I just thought was adorable. That's funny. And uh, <laughs> John says, Oh, I didn't know you were there, you took me unaware and Tyrion says there's much to be said for taking people unaware. You never know what you might learn. So I was like,
1: You're not gonna get anything you from me. You won't get
0: nothing out of me. But uh, John then thinks that he hasn't seen much of Tyrion since they arrived. As yeah. the queen's brother Which is expected cause, He's an you know, honored yeah, guest he, he
1: shows up He's gonna be
0: brought into You know Yeah the, so the he had a circle. He had a room in the king's tower He ate with Morma And he drank and diced With Sir Alistair And Bowen Marsh And some of the other men And um Tyrion Then says that I learn things everywhere I go And Sort of like Laughs and says Why isn't that When one man raises a wall The next immediately needs to know What's on the other side And then he sort of teases John and says, you do want to know what's on the other side, don't you? Like, it's sort of that big question of why is this wall here? What, you know? Right, right. What's in the box? And so John says, John underplaying it says, oh, nothing special. But in his head, it's of course he wants to go north. Like he begged, well, so he, be- he begged yeah, he just was
1: dying to go over there, even though Benjen was like explaining how it's haunted. All but the different in things. sort of a
0: practical thought, he says that it's it's better not to speak of things you wanted, which is almost wise. But like, I think he's just sort of applying it in the wrong circumstance here. But regardless, he, he gets pissed at Tyrion because Tyrion calls him Lord Snow again,
1: another and and Tyrion again is like, John, you need to take the name. Make it your own. Mm-hmm. You know, embrace it and give it a new meaning and definition. So that way, when they say it, if they're saying it ironically, they're gonna feel stupid because it now does have a meaning.
0: Yeah, a it's a, basically the same advice you yeah, gave make it your armor. He's like, John's just being dense here. Yeah. So then, Tyrion so Tyrion's like, "Come on, let's breakfast. go get yeah, let's go get some food." And Tyrion notes that John doesn't have uh, a ghost with him, and John tells him that he chains him up in the stables when they train. Otherwise, he's usually with John. This is where I wrote down a little note that they call the the room cells.
1: Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of that that's partially just because a lot of the people that are coming up from the wall are prisoners. Yeah. And so when they start out, they need to maybe have that chance where they you need to stay in there. Yeah. You're yeah. still a fucking. A cunt, and you haven't figured out how to not be a cunt yet.
0: Yeah, because John's really in on the thought that they don't really care where you sleep. You basically pick a cell, and and you go in there. And it's because the keep is kind of in such disarray. Yeah, the night's this, gives, weakened this gives this gives them point.
1: a reason to explain, you know, how how diminished the night's watch is, and then give a description, you know, of the nineteen strongholds that that once existed. Only three of them
0: are manned. Yeah, East Watch, the Shadow Tower, and Castle Black. Yeah. The other keeps were long, empty, lonely, deserted places where spirits of the dead man the parapets. Like, the Night's Watch used to be this grand force. Now, there's three castles that are each barely manned and, as we can see by Castle Black, falling into disarray. They don't have the men to repair them or the means. Yeah, because
1: Tyrion starts mentioning that. Isn't that that one that's about falling over? Tyrion and...
0: jokes saying that he'll have to tell Ned Stark to start arresting more stonemasons and send them to the wall to help rebuild it, which I just thought was pretty funny. But, uh, it says that the other boys were afraid of ghosts, and that's usually why John kept him locked up. And Tyrion believes that that's wise; that that's pretty smart to be afraid of something that scary. And then he turns the conversation to the thought that Benjen has been away too long. Yeah. Uh, John sort of remembers the wish that he made in anger of Benjen being dead in the snow, and he hi- he tries to look away from Tyrion because Tyrion has a way of sensing. These sort of thoughts and these types of things, yeah, and he doesn't want him picking up on the guilt. But uh, John says that Benjamin said he would return by John's name day, but a fortnight had passed since then.
1: Yeah, so it's you know John's now fifteen. He's yes, he's, it's been a couple weeks, um,
0: and we find out Benjamin was out looking for way more Royce, and, and sorry, that, my friend, and that the search may take them to the Shadow Tower. So. We had really no idea in relation where where Waymore, Royce, Will, and Garrett were, but I don't believe they were near the Shadow Tower. I would think they were somewhere near the Haunted Forest. So, who knows? But who anyway, Tyrion uh, has also heard
1: a lot of rumors that more and more Rangers have been yeah. missing, which isn't news to us. We heard that from Ned in Catelyn's first chapter. We heard it again with Benjin. Um, I think mentioned it at some other point. Yeah, but.
0: and Tyrion just perhaps the Grumkins are hungry this year. Yeah, and he's it's still all a big joke, and he's grinning as they enter in this enter this common hall where. It's big and immense and drafty and. Crows up in the ceiling. A fire, and yeah, there's crows nesting up in the ceiling. Everyone's
1: and, sitting around eating, and so they grab some,
0: some bowls of stew. Yeah, and, and they bread. go sit and they're eating some stew, and that's when Sir Alistair approaches John again, telling him that the Lord Commander wants to see him now. No. And for a moment, John is like kind of paralyzed with fear. He's too frightened to move, and he's wondering if they heard something about Benjen. John asks if it's about Benjen and Sir Alistair is like, the Lord no Commander key. is not willing to like accustomed to waiting I'm not accustomed to having my commands questioned by bastards and Tyrion steps up here and he goes stop it Thorne you're frightening the boy like just give him the fucking answer dude like is it about his uncle because he's worried as shit about his uncle and uh Alistair says keep out of it Lannister you have no place here and that's when Tyrion gets (laughs) a little Tyrion flexes Flexes. hard and it's just like you know you're right but I do have a place on the small council and and one word in the right ear could make you very, very unhappy for the rest of your life. And so Tyrion asks again, is it his uncle? And Sir Alistair answers, no. There was a raven from Winterfell. It's concerning his brother, which he then corrects to half-brother. half-brother. Fucking dick. And Jon stands up thinking that something bad happened to Bran. He, he died. Yeah, and he makes a mad dash just across
1: the, the keep, you know, down yeah, some he stairs, past shit. some guards. Tyrion's
0: trying to, like, apologize and comfort him, but he doesn't even hear it. He just flies right to the Lord Commander's room. And we get a description of Gior Mormont, the gruff old man with a bald head and a shaggy gray beard. And he's sitting there with a raven on his arm that he's feeding corn. And that, yeah, so the, the raven flies across to the window when John comes in. and He gives him the... Basically, gro- yeah, yeah.
1: He, I, you know how to read. Here's your letter. And he starts reading it, and he's not quite bringing it all in at first. Yeah. He just kind of goes over it a couple times until he sees that Bran's alive. Yeah. He's not dead. It's good news. He's going to be okay. But Jor is like... Yeah, but go on. He's he's crippled like mm-hmm. forever. I feel like there's I don't know. It's the scene seemed a little strange to me because he, John doesn't care that he's crippled, and he says Bran's gonna be he's going to live. And George shook his head, then calls his Raven back over to him. But it's like why is he shaking his head? Like mm. because he's gonna be a cripple? That's it? Like. There's there are worse ways to go.
0: Yeah, his his reaction was odd. Uh, John is like crying as he's reading it and he says even that the gods gave him back. And yeah, Mormon is just having this very down sort of and and even the Raven comes flying back saying, Live, live. Like it's yeah. just a very somber odd but John doesn't care. John's running down, he's got the golden ticket. He's Telling all the guards that his yeah. brother's alive and away. I love and, how he
1: f- runs in now. He runs into that group. Yeah, ball he runs back and in just, and grabs Tyrion and friggin' Jesus. Just lifts him up and spins him around yeah. in a circle. He's giddy. He's, he's super
0: pumped. Yeah. Uh Tyrion's super startled and but John, you know, kind of fills him in and him the and the others start to gather. And John notices. Yeah, so John just gives him the letter to
1: read. Yeah. And I just that's there could be a little more in there, you know, from because it was written by Rob's hand is what he thought he saw. Yeah, and maybe Rob mentioned, you know, if he mentioned the the knife attack and all that stuff in there,
0: who knows what Tyrion now knows. Yeah, but is Tyrion the worst Lannister to be knowing? You know, I you know, and so I just <laughs> I know they maybe don't he's know. going into Catelyn's encounter a little more well equipped than we anticipate. I don't know if the microphone picked up my burp, but if it did, excuse me. Sounds <laughs> brutal. Anyway.
1: But, so the, uh, the the rest of the Great Hall starts crowding around. Yeah. John's acting like a fucking and lunatic. And John sees and,
0: Gren, and uh, Gren actually starts backing off as John approaches him. But John apologizes for his wrists. He had the same thing.
1: Yo, the way that he just, I mean, he completely took Donald Noy's advice It's here already, it's just a 180. It, it was so funny to me. I, 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 I don't know. I just, again, I pictured like a young year one Harry Potter just like. All of a sudden, or like, uh, Ronald, Ron Weasley after the, the, in the fourth book, Goblet of Fire, right after the second trial in the water with the, the egg, when they're like, Ron comes up and he's like, I bet whoever put your, or after the dragons, he goes, I bet whoever put your name in the goblet, they're feeling pretty dumb now. And then they're like all best buddies. now. all of a sudden he's just walking up. He's like, you know, my brother once broke my wrist too, like that. I'll teach you how to defend it. It's the yeah, war palace. Yeah, now. it's, it's a pretty
0: <laughs> odd. But yeah, Thorne overhears uh, this and laughs, saying that John wants to take his place training and that he'd have an easier time teaching a wolf to juggle than he would teaching a uh, rock to fight. And John kind of jestingly says, I'll take that wager, Lord Alistair. I'd uh, love to see ghosts <laughs> juggle. And the hall just goes silent. Like, John kind of challenged him here and, and called him back on his shit. They're all a gasp, and, and then yeah, Tyrion is just. And then Tyrion he, starts dying. He rightfully just, so. Oh and yeah, yeah. A, like to and it spreads. It's it's, a, it's an infectious laughter. Like they like it was a funny thing that he said. You know, it's a funny image. So yeah, everyone starts laughing. The whole hall. But Sir Alistair never takes his eyes from John, and his face darkens he, as and the his... laughter
1: rolled rolled around him. His face darkened, and his sword hand curled into a fist. That was a grievous error, Lord Snow. He said at last in the acid tones of an enemy.
0: Hey, good job, John. Fuck. You're not even here a month, and you've already made an enemy. You've already made the enemy. It's, uh, I mean, Alistair Thorne's a dickhead. No one's going to deny that. He's a fucking toolbox, but, yeah, John, you just, you don't know when to shut up, dude. Like, I know you're, like and that's the thing, because I actually thought You of don't know when he... to shut up. You said you don't know when to shut up about Jon Snow because Jon Snow doesn't know anything, obviously. Um, I feel like when he got the information about Bran, it was almost like a switch, like Catelyn, where like all I of agree. a sudden, I can accept noise thing because my brother's alive type of thing, and he sort of was able to see clearly. I sort sort clearly
1: of, now that Bran's alive. It sort of lifted <laughs> that
0: fog from him, but... I mean, it was a good chapter. I liked it. Uh, Jon just fucked up with Alistair and Tyrion's yeah. gonna be leaving soon and this wonky is
1: the the switch around was for the Gren thing there like I really do enjoy that their little gang of guys you know and the how they're of friends, guys you know their crew yeah they're, the crew at the wall they're just they're Squad. fun they're, yeah they're squadding up so it's it's funny to see that Oh, uh,
0: you got an inductee for this giant hop uh
1: really like do I ever I need to now, I got to think about who's all in this chapter and who I think is the coolest one and what they did that's the most badass and worthy. I think I'm going to give it to Donald Noy for forging the fucking Warhammer that caved in maybe Rhaegar's chest. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, what a feat, man. And th- that guy doesn't get enough credit in the world because, you know, what a Smith. I'll have him come Smith me some weapons for a
0: few days down here in the Brotherhood. So, yeah, this week I'm giving it to Donald Noy, one arm and all. Good. Uh, mine's going to Benjamin this week for not taking no shit from his nephew, because <laughs> I have a little punk shit nephew, too. What? And, uh, you know, that ain't the way things work around here, Johnny Snow, so. Yeah,
1: we should call him Sir
0: Backtalk. I really like that Benjen, he's giving him some tough love here, of, uh, and it's necessary, especially for what John needs to become, for what's actually going to be, the wall's going to be facing. Kill the boy exactly kill the boy Jon Snow kill ben these Is killing the boy kill this entitlement that you have that you think being Ned Stark's son bastard son even bastard. like you're a bastard and yet you, you, like you think it's this weird thing with Jon where like he feels entitled even though he's a bastard and he knows what a bastard is and he's anxious about it and Jon just kill the boy kill the boy
1: kill the boy
0: those are our inductees what are yours please write us in and let us know we would love to hear from you and you, you can, can hit us up on any of our socials Yeah so I'm
1: most active on the uh, Twitter at manners without. We have the Instagram. We're kind of working on keeping that going. It's it's you know it's our newest thing. It so, does stuff. Uh, at Brotherhood Without, we have our Facebook page, facebook dot com slash Brotherhood Podcast, and we are always accessible at our Gmail, without manners brotherhood at gmail dot com. We have our Patreon going. That's going to be getting recorded very soon, Mercy Chapter. Uh, yeah. So you can find us at patreon dot com slash without manners. Yeah, head us up guys Let us know what you're thinking about the show About the about this chapter specifically Next chapter will be Ned 4 I believe Ned. Ned's arriving at the Red
0: Keep Yeah, he's getting to King's Landing So shit gets real here real fast And he's uh Well Ned is in the place of his demise So we can you know Start ruminating on that no, 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 no. The countdown begins Till the end of
1: Ned Here we go so yeah, let us know if you have inductees for that chapter. If you want to read it, if you want to have us shout it if you want to induct you. from
0: older chapters, that's okay yeah, too. Yeah, whatever, we'll pull we'll it us. out. It's be gonna be cool.
1: You. And then remember, at this time, if uh, if this is all uh, on schedule like it should be, season eight aired yesterday, yo. Yeah. So expect a new episode this Thursday. Uh, breaking down that episode, our discussions, our thoughts, it's gonna be our reaction, just how we're feeling about it. It's gonna be pretty hot off the press. So you know I'll probably cry. You can definitely write into us about the show even if you want. At this point, you know, for the next six weeks we're gonna be doing we're gonna be covering the show as well as the the first book. So
0: we're pretty excited. Write to
1: us. It's gonna be sick.
0: Alrighty, we will catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Battle of the head.